Hi, everyone. Sean Paul Ellis here from the Saturday Morning Cartoons podcast. Remember, that's morning with you. I promise to keep these pre-show announcements very short. Just wanted to give a quick shout out. And also, what are we going to be talking on this entire month's worth of programming for SMC? So a couple shout outs that we have. No compliment sandwich as we've done the last couple weeks, a reverse compliment sandwich. But I did want to say that on YouTube, on episode 36 for Ah Real Monsters, Carson, he responded and said, I really love this podcast and I'm glad someone actually sits down to talk about these cartoons. Carson, thank you. That's the whole point of this show. <laughs> Can't thank you enough. Uh, this comment means the world to me, so thank you. Much appreciation. On YouTube, episode 92, Pokemon vs. Beyblade, we had uh, Bimo posted, uh, Pokemon is the best. Uh, whoever agrees with me, click on the likes. Thank you for your call to action. This is unexpected and very cool. <laughs> Glad to see that this is still going on, that people are still debating this. Uh, again, thank you so much for listening. Really appreciate it. So today, and again in two weeks, we are going to be talking about cartoons that have been submitted by Doug Kendall. That's right, Doug Kendall has submitted all of these shows. And how did Doug Kendall do this? Well, Doug Kendall actually went and dialed 202-681-4406. Don't worry about writing it down, it's in our show notes. He mentioned that there are two particular cartoons that he wants us to sit down and review. He called and he left that message. And his voice message is actually going to be included in these episodes. And so this week, starting for, I believe, what we're going to start calling Doug Kendall Month, we have Technoman that was on UPN. And then in two weeks after this, we are going to watch the original Bubblegum Crisis. So what is actually happening on this episode? I mentioned that we're watching Technoman, and we're also trying to stay true to Doug's memory. I've brought on guests Melanie Harker and Jamal Newman to the show to help me discuss questions like, how should you get out of a chair if you want Jamal to hate you for life? Also, where is the Slade apology episode? So all of that and more on today's episode. And so now, on with the show. Hello and welcome to Saturday Morning Cartoons, the podcast that revisits, reviews, and ridicules some of the world's weirdest animated series, coming to you all the way from United Earth Year 192, I'll be your bug-like monster of a host, Sean Paul Ellis, getting a lot of heads shaken before I even introduced my guest today. <laughs> so joining me today, the commander of the Space Knights and responsible for the humans reclaiming the planet, we have artist Melanie Harker. Oh, hi. Hi, Melanie. How are you? I'm great. I didn't know I was going first. Yeah. So that caught me off guard. <laughs> Spider crab. Oh, it does. I'm, I'm on the list first. That does make sense. And you stay very close to the script for an improviser, so. Well, I'm very risk adverse. Yeah, that's true. Despite everything. Joining us also today, harnessing the power of the Emerald Techno Crystal, which calls upon the universal powers of time and space. We're joined by comedian Jamal Newman. Welcome back, Jamal. Thank you. I knew I was going second. God damn it, Jamal. <laughs> Thank you for having me. <laughs> I waited patiently for my intro, and now it's arrived. Was the payoff as you expected? It was exactly what I predicted would happen, <laughs> that you would... You would introduce Mel first, and then I was like, I'm for sure next. 
I mean, the the order really has no relevance. You guys are returning guests. Yes. I'm glad to have you back. But top billing matters. <laughs> and Mel got top billing, as well, she should have. Well, I'm the most reoccurring guest. Yes, you so. are the most. So. But also, don't you want sort of that and at the end of the introduction of all the names? They're like, and this notable actor is in it. Yes, but only if it's like, um, you know, like, uh, and... Chevy Chase as himself, like you know, like some of those shows where they're like, and so and so is just playing themselves. Yeah, sure. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. that's when an and comes in handy. In handy. Okay. Otherwise, and Hondi. And it comes, and in, it comes in Honda. <laughs> also comes in Honda. Oh my god. Uh, we are off to a very interesting start, and February is a very interesting month for SMC. Why is it interesting? Because this is all listener recommendations this month is complete nothing but your recommendations in fact all of these recommendations come from one person one person uno persona that's want to be inclusive C. yes <laughs> yeah. absolutely they're all coming from one person we have had friend of the show and listener doug kendall has called in and recommended two shows and we are going to be watching them this month you might remember recommended shows that doug has asked us to review in the past such as spartacus sun beneath the sea mm. <laughs> <laughs> melanie was on Visceral that episode as well reaction I, from... I was i'm a i'm a doug kendall exclusive reviewer that's that's how i'm being billed now doug loves podcasts oh, yeah there you go Doug has been kind enough to call in and explain to us exactly why he loves these cartoons that we're going to be reviewing all month. So really, February is now Doug Kendall month on the show. Yes. If, absolutely. If you are listening to this and thinking to yourself, oh man, I would like to recommend a cartoon and have an entire month dedicated to me, you can easily do that. We have a number that you can call, 202-681-4406. These are all going to be in the show notes. You can call and you can tell us a cartoon to review, as well as also on any of our social media links that we have that are out there. You can check out all the cartoons that we've watched. There's even a Google form if you want to just simply type us and let us know exactly what cartoon you want us to review and why. Of course, we love it when you call because then we actually get to include that in the episode itself. For anyone who has not read the actual title of today's episode and is not familiar with this, we are watching an anime series that is called Technoman. Now, there's a couple important distinctions that we're going to make on this, especially because Doug's memory of watching Technoman was on the American television station UPN, which broadcast a dub version of this. So we're going to get into some of the details about Technoman and sort of the, the localization that it has for an American audience. But I really kind of wanted to start this off first with sort of understanding what we know of Technoman or even UPN cartoons. And kind of to further extend that, what was maybe a first anime or manga that you can remember, Jamal? Oh, I'm going first. You don't. Oh. I'm gonna. I want you to go first Jamal, now. This is. I was not prepared because top Surprise, billing. bitch. <laughs> top billing is sitting next. But I thought for sure we were going in that order. Uh, let's see here. When it comes to UPN cart uh, anime, um, or any cartoon that was on UPN. Well, I'm not. I, I don't think I can pull specifically from the network right now off the top of my brain. But my first anime, and at the time I didn't know it was called anime. Okay. And I think we've talked about this before, was Digimon. Digimon. That was Absolutely. my first. That was your first? Yeah, and I didn't know it was anime. I just thought it was Saturday morning cartoon. Like, right. I didn't know it was 
a whole category than it had. But that was my first introduction to like the art style of anime cartoons. Um, I I'm pretty sure that was on UPN at some point. I'm pretty sure it switched from Fox to <laughs> to the dumping grounds of UPN. You're no correct. offense, UPN, but I'm correct in my description of you. <laughs> the dumping don't grounds. At, don't at Mel. <laughs> yeah, don't at Mel. For sure, don't at Mel. Don't, yeah, don't at Mel. Do do at Charlie Viscanage. Yes, because he told me to say this. <laughs> um, so Digimon is my first foray into anime, um, and for a lot of reasons we discussed. Um, but I don't have a relationship with Techno Man. I never saw it before we watched it. So this was your first experience with Techno Man. First experience. First, experience. first time, long time. <laughs> first, first time watcher, long time listener. Curiosity, ever. That's, that's a lie. <laughs> All right. Well, Mel, what was your relationship with Techno Man, and was there an anime or a manga that you remember uh, as being your first? So, did not know Techno Man. Glad I didn't. Um, wow, out the gate. Out the gate. I've got opinions. Oh. But uh, my first anime was uh, Sailor Moon, which was uh, on UPN, as was Digimon, at least in the early 2000s. Um, I would say Sailor Moon first, followed closely by Digimon, and then I was also watching like that, that Pokemon animated series, although I, don't, I guess there was a manga that went along with that, too. Um, but then it really wasn't until no Jamal saying. Oh no, that. I'm just Pokemon. Ugh, I hate it. You hate it. Yeah, I love sorry. them. I really <laughs> not love not going to catch them all, Jamal. I mm. was very dedicated to those those movie specials that they. I have I have not seen one episode. I have not played one Pokemon game. <laughs> okay. Well, there's a lot of judgment. Yeah, I'm just not happening. A fan of it's this a, way. It's amazing that we're sitting across a table and there's and it's a very small space and there's already a fissure that is forming <laughs> in this room. It is incredible to see this yes. happen. Between usually it's me being caustic to guests. Mm -hmm. In this case, it's guests being caustic to each other. Mm -hmm. It is a fissure. It might be a anime fissure. Some people might. But let's shorten that. Anal fissure. Let's just call it an anal fissure. Let's just call it anal fissure. And so there's an anal fissure yeah. happening here because we're analyzing anime. So let's call it an anal fissure. Mm -hmm. Oh my god! And I just am not a fan of Pokemon. That's all. Well, but we made a lot of enemies on the podcast today. Well, so uh, you guys can at me about Pokemon. I'm all here for it. Uh, oh, wow. But yeah, Sailor Moon is the my OG and my one of my favorites um, that I still love watching reboots, different things with that. So. Understood. I want to say that this is three for three in terms of having Technoman as a reference. This was not something that I had watched. This is not something that I remember either. I want to say probably my first manga or anime was actually a Macross comic book back from the 80s. Friend growing up had it, and I was super intrigued by the idea of the characters, which were very classic anime characters in similarity to the the style that we saw tonight mm. for for animation but in a comic book format and it had what looked like a, a like a, a fighter jet uh, with arms and legs so it was like almost like a transformer that was mid transform and you didn't know which way he was going so it looked like starscream kind of like starscream if starscream got stuck in the middle and just kind of gave up transforming and then transform okay. <laughs> like uh, transform gave up transforming <laughs> so it was a it was very interesting because i remember that was mine but there were a lot of cartoons on upn there's a lot of cartoons that we've talked about on this show 
some of which have not been my favorites, like Bonkers, uh, Dragon Ball, and Dragon Ball Z at some points were on UPN. There I'm were, aware of that. Right. Yes. There were a lot of things that they had that were rebroadcasted on UPN from other networks or that were moved over in terms of intellectual property for syndication mm-hmm. purposes. Yeah, it seems like there were a lot of different Disney properties that were there. Like Darkwing Duck was on UPN. Aladdin. Aladdin, yeah. the animated series, which we all know. Go back and listen to that episode. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Bad too. What a letdown. It was interesting. It had its uh, it had its moments. Had moments. Oh my god. Ooh. Yikes. Made a lot of enemies on the side of the table. <laughs> this is uh, this is interesting that we can go all the way from talking about a a very interesting late eighties, early nineties anime, which Doug has recommended for both of the episodes this month, and we have just been able to crap on everything across a wide uh wide canvas of anything that's animated. Uh Mel is coming to this episode, locked and loaded, ready to go. So, love it. Great. I think that was... Um, was that like a Techno was, Man? I was that, that you was transforming? Man. Uh, this is my Techno Man sound. Do you remember? What? The twi- we don't no, have let, licensing. Let, we let do not go. have licensing let, for that. Let her go. Let her go <laughs> with no, this. We do not have licensing. Is no one else thinking song. about tech... Like, Disco music, because that's what I think of when I hear the word techno man. There is a lawsuit pending. <laughs> now. That was barely 30 seconds, guys. It was too long. Everyone was like, I know this song, and that's all you need yeah, for all... them to be like, this is over now. I don't need any more cease and desists from anybody on YouTube. Well, you can just cut all this shit out then. <laughs> just edit, edit it the fucking post. Yeah, edit it in fucking post. What's so hard about that? Do you want to take that again? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! All right, let's 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 dive into this. Let's talk a little bit about the history of Techno Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are some. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the history of the original show of the original Japanese anime show, and then we're going to transition into talking a little bit about some of the localizations that they had as it was dubbed for an actual American audience. So. This is going to kind of be a consistent theme of tonight is that we're going to be talking a little bit about the duality that we have for the original versus what we actually watched, which we wanted to watch this specifically because this is what Doug remembered watching. And we'll get to Doug and sort of uh, why he loved this in a moment. But to give you a little bit of history about this show, it is originally called Takaman Blade or Yuchi no Kishi Takaman Baruto, which translates to Space Knight. Tekaman Blade is a 1992 Japanese anime television series produced by Tatsunoko Productions and Sotsu Agency. The series was directed by Hiroshi Nagishi and written by Mayori Takiyama and Satoru Akori. Tekaman Blade was broadcast in Japan on TV Tokyo and 50 episodes were aired between February 18, 1992 and February 2nd, 1993. So a little less than a year for the full 50 episodes, which is actually different from what an American audience got. But we're going to get into this in a second. So Mel's going to help us out with some of the music. All right. So Tekaman uses four pieces of theme music. It's got no less than two opening themes and two ending themes. So the first opening theme is called Reason by Yumiko Kosaka, which is used from the from the first through the 27th episode. The second opening theme is called Eternal Loneliness. 
which feels very fitting for the show. Also by Yumiko, which is used from the 28th episode to the end of the series. And the first and the second ending themes are called Energy of Love and, quote, Lonely Heart, respectively. Again, both performed by our pal Yumiko. The series was aired, dubbed in English, in the United States and Australia under the name Technoman. The English broadcast version was heavily cut compared to the original Japanese version and shortened from 50 episodes to 43. The series was licensed by Media Blasters in 2006 with separate box sets for Technoman and Techoman Blade. I just want to say, first and foremost, that's the best licensing company name, Media Blasters. Media Blasters, Blasters. I hope that that's exactly what their their intro would sound like. It should be no less than that. Yeah, perfect. Who cares otherwise? Yeah. Something we do care about is, as Melanie has mentioned, that they cut seven episodes off this series for an American audience. We also have a lot of localization changes that happen for this, and Jamal is going to help us understand a little bit more. Um, Yes, um, there are some localization changes for an American audience. The characters' names were altered for the English dub Techerman release. Blade's D-Boy nickname was dropped in favor of Blade. You know, keep it simple for the American audience. In the edited UPN TV version, it was changed to Slade. And his full name, Takaya Aiba, became Nick Carter. (laughs) 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 Which is a word-for-word translate. And don't quote me on that. (laughs) Next, we had Commander Heinrich von Freeman. And actually, let me say that properly. Commander Heinrich von Freeman. So you have to yell German names. Okay. Yeah. Instead, <laughs> yep. Got it. Um, became Commander Jameson. You know, something a little more catchy. Something that the Americans can get behind. You know, Irish. Yes, Irish. Jameson. Um, Noel became Ringo Richards. Or as they were calling him on the ship, R&R. Oh, boy. <laughs> Aki... <laughs> became Star Summers. And there's a moment in this show where they say Ringo, Star, referencing two different characters. I caught it. I'm yeah. sure you all caught yep. it too. 100%. Yes. Um, Millie became Tina Corman. Now, my question is, why did they change Millie's name? I have no idea. No. But it was changed. We have a character named Levin, an effeminate male in the original Japanese version, became the female in the American version, Maggie Matheson. Right. And Honda, everyone's favorite character from uh, Street Fighter, <laughs> became Mac. <laughs> um, the Radom were now called Venomoids. And their leader, Omega, which is a great name, by the way, for yeah, a bad guy, Omega, became Darkon. Uh, and in January 2016, the series was released as a remastered Blu-ray box set in Japan. Uh, The set contains all 50 episodes of the first series and all six episodes of the second series, as well as the OVA specials from the Laserdisc, an unreleased episode entitled Virgin Memory. Kind of like what we in America, it was renamed in America Prom Night. Um, And a new video interview with (laughs) Toshiyuki (laughs) Murakawa. And he is the voice actor of the original Blade slash Slade. And uh, Toshiyuki is the act is the voice actor for Minato, aka the fourth Hokage, aka Naruto's dad in Naruto Shippuden. He also voices Inaru and Hachan in One Piece. 
Thank you, Jamal. Oh, Perfect. That was good. You're welcome. You're um. Well, I'm bottom billing. I gotta do something. <laughs> <laughs> if everyone could at Jamal about his <laughs> accent work, that would be ideal. Yes, please at me. <laughs> Hello, Newman. <laughs> the O is a zero. Keep going. <laughs> oh man, no. Thank you both. Uh, so. We kind of give a lot of this history and, and the complexities and the intricacies of this because we want to stress the fact that there there was this original. We have this Americanized version that has kind of gone through a lot of changes in terms of the episode count, in terms of what was actually delivered. And then there's also some differences in terms of what actually aired on UPN. And so to help us kind of understand a little bit more about the synopsis and plot of this, we're actually going to turn this over to Doug Kendall to give us a little bit more insight of not only why he loved this, uh, but what this show kind of meant to him. So, Doug, take it away. Hey, Sean. This is Doug Kendall again from London, Pennsylvania. And I'd like to recommend another show for you. This one's called Techno Man. So this was a Japanese anime that was on UPN in the mid-'90s. Um, the basic premise is that alien monsters are invading Earth. The Earth's getting its ass kicked. Uh, this mystery man named Slade shows up who could turn into an armored warrior called Techno Man and fights off the aliens. So he ends up working with an organization called the Space Knights to fight the aliens, even though the humans aren't exactly sure they could trust him because they'll know he doesn't even know where he came from, how he got these powers, and uh, what his past actually is. So the show, from that point on, goes into the war story against aliens and Slade trying to find out about himself and the nature of his Techno Man powers. Uh, really, I could sum up why I like this show as a teenager is just because it was cool. It had the designs of the Techno Man was really awesome. The monsters looked like they crawled out of an H.P. Lovecraft story. Uh, the soundtrack was really kick-ass. It had this this uh, techno score, at least in the original UPN version, it did. And, uh, and the story took itself very serious. I mean, there's little to no humor in it, and they really don't dance around the fact that this is like an apocalyptic event. Like a lot of the earth has been devastated and millions of people are dead. And they really had this very kind of grim tone with it. Uh, watching this as a teenager, I also remember getting the worst case of disappointment when they stopped airing it halfway through the story. And I never got to see how it ended until years later when I bought a bootleg of the original series on as a Japanese import. Uh, I have seen the show recently. And as an adult, I but I still like the show and would recommend it. it you notice more of the sillier stuff about it. Like, uh, the names in the original English dub are terrible. There's literally two characters. One is named Ringo, and another one is named Star. The aliens are called the Venomoids. Their main, like, monsters are called Spider Crabs. Ugh. And, um, it's silly shit. And, uh, one of the things about it is it's so overdramatic. Literally every bad soap opera cliche you can think of is in this show, including people with terminal illnesses, people with amnesia, people with evil twins. It's all in there. Uh, ultimately, I would recommend the show. I think it's a lot of fun, and uh, hopefully you'll enjoy it too. Take it easy. Bye. We love having people be able to call in, and we love having Doug be able to call in and include this in the actual episodes themselves. It's so much fun to hear how much these cartoons meant to you when you were watching them, and the fact that you know we go through as fans, such great lengths to be able to go and actually get the the six-disc box set to be able to to go through a lot of this and actually catch up and fi like finish the story. This is one of those things that I remember there were so many cartoons that I watched growing up that it got to that mid-season episode 
where then the next day you'd tune in and it would reset back to the first episode. And there'd be that scream mm. moment where it was so frustrating. Yeah, because you had no idea it was coming. And you were, like everyone else, was just waiting right. to progress the story. And they're like, no, no, we're starting over. Yeah. We're and I, I, I remember doing that when I first got to college and had access to Cartoon Network with Dragon Ball Z. I did that probably three or four times going mm. through complete mm. rotations of episodes just to finish the Frieza saga. Yeah. It's, it's you know what's you know what's terrible about that too is like you sh- you get to the point where you're like okay this is the climax of this this arc and I want to see the end of it and then they restart it and like you want to hate it but then you get rehooked right in watching the episodes mm-hmm. again so there's no part of that that I actually hate because I would do that oh every yeah time. yeah we all did it <laughs> yeah <laughs> we've all been there because we have these two different versions we obviously want to talk about the theme songs we've had the opportunity now to watch the Japanese version intro theme song, as well as also the American version that aired on UPN. And so we wanted to kind of talk a little bit about that. So uh, I'm going to start and I'm going to ask Jamal, we'll start with the American version and kind of get your your thoughts and your opinions on this. I think the American version, here's my thing. Okay. I hated both intros. (laughs) This will be fast. Same. I really did. Oh I was God. trying to think of something nice to say about the American version because I remember the Japanese version, I, just, I hated it because it was mostly just music. It wasn't even talking about what's going on. And then the American version, I slightly attempted to talk about. I just hated it, though. I want an intro where they're like, these are these people, these are the bad guys, and if you're going to wink at it, don't wink at it. That's not fun. Actually do it. Like, right. give me the full spiel. And I just, I think I zoned out after like 30 seconds of being like, ah, they're not doing the thing where they would like explain these are the bad guys. And So there's there's no roll call. Yeah. You, you kind of don't get a sense. You're yeah. telling me you, you didn't get a sense in terms of who was good, who was bad. Yeah, no idea. And it's actually very funny too because when we watched the Japanese version the first time, I honestly thought that Captain Jameson was the bad guy because typically they'll have like older, mm-hmm. uh, like grizzled, grizz- like he wasn't that grizzled, but they'll he have like, like older, he had seen some shit, yeah, but like older white haired people, yeah, he was, you know, Nick sometimes Fury. being like uh, villains, you mm-hmm. know, the absence of color that they have sometimes mm-hmm. from a villain's hair, mm-hmm. and that was immediately, I was like, oh, I think this guy's bad, like maybe that's the bad guy, and then you get in and you find out that he's the commander, and you're yeah. like, oh man, I've been, yeah, I've been wrong on this one, so. he's nowhere close to Omega, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So yeah, I'm. I mean, my review of both of them would be very short. Okay, I hated both of them. Understood. I did not like the intros. <laughs> Melanie. So American one, then, uh, then the dubbed one that we saw. Oh no, I mean Jamal's just knocking down knocking the list. Down so one. just so yeah, banging in, down the door. So in the the one we watched, the dubbed one that we watched, my like all the notes that I have are just like like clip words. It's just like uh, far off worlds, love. Maybe there's magic, mechs. Like that's what my brain, like everything that the images that were being shown to us and like the sort of feeling they were trying, they're like all these things wrapped in one. I was like, that's that's a lot. There's explosions, there's planets, there's aliens, like everything, there's everything's happening. So then you, we saw the American um, intro and I was like, oh no, that's just, that's just the problem of the series. The series is just trying to do too many things. And it's like, there's something for everyone is what I got out of the American intro. And that's what it's saying. It's not even talking about the show itself. I mean, it is, 
right? It's trying to with that narration, but really what it's trying to, it's almost like a marketing piece. It's like, again, there's, you know, you can be satisfied, but also you can. It's for boys and girls. It's for people who love sci-fi and the end of the world. And you're just like, can't you just be about one thing, maybe? No? Okay. So I felt it was just really unfocused, which doesn't help draw anybody in. You're trying to be too many things. Okay. I also think based on some of the, I also think based on some of the uh, clips that we saw in the show, it's not for boys and girls. I'm not sure some of the interactions that yeah, we no, saw. Yeah, no, we'll get to that later. Oh, yeah. We'll get to that later. I'm just saying there's like, there's sexy romance. I don't know if that's even true, but it seemed like there was some tension in the Japanese opening. Oh, there's opening. so much sex in this episode. What? what? There's a lot. You didn't see it. The fight scene was all sex. Uh oh gosh, you guys are not interpreting the fight scene like that's just a fight scene. Oh no, I yet yeah, the penetration. Yeah. Yeah, okay. We'll yeah. get into that later. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm picking up penetration. Got it. Penetration. Okay. So I I I'll <laughs> Man. I, I'm gonna say this. Uh I thought the Japanese version was fine. I Enjoyed the fact that it almost kind of had an Enya style music, like yeah. orchestral score, and then it had sort of like a driving kind of techno beat. I, I agree with Jamal in saying that I walked away from the Japanese version thinking to myself, obviously, I don't have a clear idea of who's who mm-hmm. in this. There was no roll call. All, both of these Japanese and American versions of this was all recycled animation that you would have seen in an episode anyway, uh, which was common, but at least to have like one moment in this where you you kind of were able to spotlight a particular character since there are a lot of people who are presumably in this show, I thought was kind of fun. I will say that I think that the the Japanese opening suffered from what I think a lot of Japanese anime openings suffer from which is it was 90 seconds so it was a minute and a half to kind of have Enya techno continuing to go on and on and I I was I was into it for maybe the first 30 to 45 seconds and then I looked at my watch and I was like okay are we are we halfway there oh we're halfway there damn it Mm. okay we're gonna we're gonna get through the rest of this but you get some good action in that I mean they, they show a lot of the mech battling that you have during that part and you kind of get this sense that, hey, maybe there's a mysterious figure who has some ability that you don't really know. To contrast that with the American version, I actually really enjoyed the American version of the intro that would have been on UPN. I love exposition intros. Mm. I know that sometimes it's really hard because it can take people out of what they're watching or make them think too much about what they're about to see. You can kind of get in your head about it. I thought this was great because this show really kind of drops you into the middle of everything. And you don't know. And so I think it provides some of that historical context to segue into the war that is currently happening. Mm. And so for me, that was good. Plus, they named a bunch of stuff. They were like, here are some space bugs, you know, that are happening. And then there's also this mysterious stranger. And I was like, okay, cool. So my thought about the mysterious stranger, correct in this case, uh, I enjoyed the American version more than I enjoyed the Japanese version. And I think that this is true, and I feel like I've noticed this in several cartoons that we've had that have talked about uh, like Spiral Zone um, or in Humanoids. Anything that has to deal with uh, sort of a sci-fi or like bio-warfare 
in some sense, even Jason the Wheel Warriors, there's so much exposition up front to kind of help ease you as a kid or even as a parent watching with a kid into what's about to happen. And I like that. I just, I've always enjoyed that. Uh, and I think it does a great job of, of kind of setting the table so that you can kind of sit down and enjoy the meal. Uh, so for me, I enjoyed the American version uh, that would have been on UPN. I, I'll be honest, neither were an earworm. I, I couldn't, if you no. asked me to, to kind of, you asked me to hum out what Enya Techno sounds like, I, I would I would have a stupid look on my face. There you go. That would probably have been it. No, don't do that. We do not have the rights for that. So I don't oh know why. God. What is wrong with you? I don't know why I jumped in on that with you. I just got Both excited. Do now. Because everyone wants to sing oh. a song that that is from, which I won't say on this podcast. Good, oh good luck getting this podcast episode posted without any problems <laughs> i wish you luck you mean monetize yeah just in general in general <laughs> oh that's fine so uh i wanted to check and see this had a very distinct look and feel to it i really kind of wanted to start and get your opinion about the animation style and what you saw melanie could you share with us could you help us understand the animation style and sort of was there any contemporaries what did this make you think of did you enjoy it oh what did this make me think of so this, I felt like a lot of the animation could have been done today, like it done pretty recently. It didn't, it didn't read as being overly old, except when they used a couple static, like, um, like composite shots. And then they would, it looked like what they did was they would animate like a blast over something to show like somebody shooting a gun or like, like an explosion happening. I was like, that's feels kind of lazy but then they would spend all this time on like um all the battling and the war stuff so they clearly spent a lot of time with that i'm trying to think it felt just pretty like oh what did it make me think of oh god i have like one anime in my head and i like with these there's very specific like oval oval face shaped long oval face shaped eyes that are like kind of closer to the bottom of the head characters and i can't think of what that's from it's mm. gonna kill me all right we can come back to it in a minute i don't know if i'm gonna I feel like it. you're just gonna scream it out when it no, comes i'll in hold here. i'll hold it i'll hold it <laughs> i'm gonna hold it in um yeah i don't really have a lot of opinions about the animation i was expecting it to be lazy i like went in waiting for it to be like really bad but it was not awful in my opinion okay all right jamal i mean i thought it was gundam I thought it looked exactly like Gundam Wing, Gundam Zero. I just, maybe not as, um, you know how when South Park first started, it was like, almost like someone put like a, a fog screen over the, the screen. <laughs> and then like when the technology got better, it was it's very crystal clear now. Right. So I feel like this is like an early Gundam like um, uh, design, especially when they're in their, in their suits in the battle scene. And you're like, oh, this looks exactly like a Gundam-esque uh, show but also the characters have like from the anime kanishi i think is called the number one the world's best disciple or whatever okay have you ever seen that i actually haven't no no oh that's that's one for the show okay uh, um the hair is big in this everyone's right. hair is big in this so i thought that was like they spent a lot of time like changing up everyone's hairstyle to be like very like these like almost like blades of grass like yeah <laughs> they're very uh sharp and that reminds me of uh kenishi they Kenichi. have that sort of anime pompadour hair yeah that you see yeah uh, very often and that's 
I want to say that I, 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 mean, I feel the same way about the hair. Mm-hmm. You saw that a lot in sort of some of the older Macross. It almost looked like they were wearing a helmet mm-hmm. on top of their head, but it was just their hair. Yeah. And so it's, I enjoy this style of anime animation because when I kind of, when I had started working at a blockbuster video in the late 90s, and they still had VHS tapes that were there, a lot of these anime series were in that section. And because we were able to get free rentals every week, I would watch tons and tons of anime uh, because it was something that I had had no exposure to. So for me, it was like opening up a fire hose and somebody was like, you can rent five of these tapes a week that you can watch. And I was taking them home every night and just crushing Mm. them and watching it. It was something that I loved. So there were a bunch of series at that time, uh, like 80 Police Files and uh, Heroic Legends of Arislan that were during that time that I had watched that were very similar to this, just in style of that late 80s, early 90s, big hair. It reminded me again of that Macross comic book that a friend of mine had growing up. Mm. where I was immediately drawn to sort of how those people looked. They're all very, all very svelte. Uh, and you know, and then if there's somebody that they have that's uh, a little bit bigger, they're super being, big. Yeah, they're super big. So sizes and proportions for the bodies are very exaggerated. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I don't know. I kind of always enjoyed that. That was something fun for me. So I was glad to watch this and see that 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 theme or that idea kind of rang true in Technoman. Mm. So I I particularly enjoyed that, Melanie. I rescind my comment. I was having I don't know why I just like totally blanked out on what the characters even looks like. It's now that I'm looking at like the cover of the two disc collector set, I am <laughs> I am I am struck by how different all the styles of the characters are. Like the dude who plays, um, who is not who plays, <laughs> uh, the dude who's Ringo looks shockingly in this image like He Man. He's got like He Man hair. Isn't okay. that weird? Yeah, a little bit. He's got like He Man hair. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, whereas like. Blade looks more typical, like anime hero is how I would imagine it. And then the girls and, look and like Jam- girls. And Jameson, he sort of has that with that white hair that's kind of almost helmet like yeah. and pulled back very tight. Yeah. It reminded me of Prince Lotor from the original yeah. uh, Voltron exactly. from Voltron 84. And so, you know, just without the the purple kind of skin tone and the, and the bad dubbing. Yeah. So. And even the, the mech in this i mean gundam is totally right but it also reminds me of like the what the new designs are for a lot of those um like the new voltron series lotor's uh mech that that is made for him right this looks pretty similar to that there was definitely a part where looking at the mechs for the first time i thought in terms of the design it looked like almost like a combination of escaflone and ronin warriors and so that that was kind of fun because there there is sort of like a a ninja kind of stealth to these mechs but they are very big with like super thin waists but then they they seem and appear to be very like chest and top heavy they have very sharp pelvic bones <laughs> it's true there's always like a sharp triangle bit right at the bottom right at the right at the bottom r- bottom robot bit bottom robot bit that's why it's the pelvic floor of the, <laughs> of the, of ro- the mech <laughs> is always very sharp and i'm like who are you poking again going back to jamal's point about the battles being sex that's what that's for that's all battles all battles in anime are sex all of them they're can all we, can we jump based. to that can we jump to that <laughs> well you know we do have these characters we okay. do have the characters that we have for this show and okay. so 
Uh, and I think that this will kind of serve to to begin to segue into the plot and sort of what we talked about okay. and what we had an opportunity to watch tonight. So uh, for these for this actual sex in this battle, we're talking about <laughs> two specific characters. We're talking about, and we'll, we'll, for the sake of argument, we'll call him Slade, since this was the UPN version of this. We had Slade versus one of Darkon's henchmen that was called Dagger. And so does anybody want to kind of, was, was there anything particularly in this battle that is obviously making us think that there is penetration and sex that top, took place? Top billing, you want to go for it? Oh, no, it's all your, I don't want to take your thunder. Okay, so... <clears throat> First of all, they are fighting, both of them are fighting using spears, right? Correct, mm-hmm. like a lance. Lance, there it is. That's the mm-hmm. term I was looking for. Um, it's a also, cool weapon. The tips of these lances uh, can be shot off, much like, uh, you know, if you're a lance, get shot off. And so these little... Oh, I'm not following. <laughs> what I'm saying is the tip of the lance spearheads, the spearheads... Is this a euphemism? Um... I don't... Is this an innuendo? Let me help you out. Yeah, that, that's what you were looking for. And out your back door. <laughs> um, so the spears, the spears, <laughs> uh, they can come off and they can attack. But also, um, it's a lot of thrusting motion, a lot of fighting. Uh, but the thing that uh, makes this, to me, stand out as like... Uh, sexual in nature, maybe, yes. is um, the finishing move of, you know, thrusting through another person and knocking someone off a ledge. But it's also like the wind-up. It's a whole... Their entire battle was them being... Uh, this is the this is the anime style of, like, them... When they, they talk back to each other. Like, every move had a line. Yeah, every move had yeah. a line of, like, antagonism. Whereas... And, like, a dad joke. Yeah, and a dad joke. And, like, I think... Nowadays, when two people are fighting in an anime, especially a popular one, it's more like them being like, "Oh my god, he can see through my mood." Like it's oh, like they're they're like yeah. analyzing why is my power not working against this person's power instead of being like, "Oh, do you like uh, <laughs> that was shocking, wasn't?" It? After he like shocks mm-hmm. someone, like so that's the difference for like, me. At some point, I think he makes a move and he's like. I hope you get the point. Yeah. And you're like, yeah. yeah. So it's like, you know, it's very. Dad, dad wearing socks and sandals at a barbecue in the backyard. <laughs> yeah. And like, Knock it off, buddy. Knock it Two off. for the price of one. <laughs> so that's uh, that's uh, the thing that I've noticed with this immediately. Was I was like, oh, this is different than normal anime fights that I'm seeing in modern day. Because it's like they're just being antagonistic for just to be mouthy towards each other. Right. Which, you know, it's like, you know, they these two guys, uh, you guys, you guys want to fight or you want to fuck? You know, it's like, what are you doing out here? You know? So right. I, I always am intrigued by that because I pick up on that in like, that's one of the things why I like One Piece or Naruto because in their fights, they're like revealing like how their brain works in the fight of like, I need to do something different because this isn't working. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, yeah, and then the finishing move of just this huge wind-up thrust was... Well, let, let, let's be very clear, because in, in this moment... Well, I'm going to pause and say for any longtime listeners and fans of the show, we have clearly gotten into Saturday morning cartoons after dark. After dark. We've definitely gotten into an after dark situation here. But for this finishing move that Jamal is talking about, we have Dagger penetrating a space insect... And then that space insect is then penetrating through Slade, and then he pushes him 
into a space station and yes. out the other side. Out the other side. So does that count as like Here it comes. human centipede Here it sex? Comes. Here like, it comes. like, I don't <laughs> I know. I knew like this it's... was going to be good. I knew it. As soon as she says, <laughs> it sounds like she's got something on it. Like what kind of an orgy is that? I space. Is there orgy. a word for that? Sporgy. 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 Space orgy. Because how do you dock with three people? I, what? How do you space dock with three people? <laughs> Classic Jesus. question for NASA. Classic NASA conundrum. How do we dock with three people? So to bring it back to the character conversation, I am. <laughs> Curious to hear your thoughts, you guys' thoughts, on the, the kind of throwaway comment that Dagger makes where he calls Technoman a traitor. Oh, now, I don't think I caught yeah, I that. that. Oh, really? Yeah. So, so he, like, th- I don't know, in bef- the wind-up to the finishing move, he, like, I don't know, says some shit about him being a traitor. And I was like, wait a second. I thought he was the hero of this what is he traitoring against? Wait, is he a bad? Is he a a, a, a product of the bad guys? And it became good. He saw the Becoming light. Becoming good. Well, just just to be very clear, for this episode, there is that moment where Dagger is talking to Darkon, and Darkon says, "You know, there was a Technoman that kind of like failed or like stopped the process part of the way through, mm. and he's he's kind of on the loose, <clears throat> you know, and we don't really know where he is." Is that and looking at Dagger and looking at Slade and their character design, they are both very similar Mm. in nature in terms of the weapons that they have. So that could lead you to make an assumption about the origins that he could have been a Darkon creation. Without Mm. knowing more, you would think that potentially this is a guy who's kind of defected, sort of in sort of a a She-Ra idea where she's working for the Horde and then she kind of has that moment where they're kind of outside mm-hmm. of their their comfort zone and somebody's like you are you're working for the evil horde yeah that does terrible things and they have that you know moment where they're just like oh crap like i i can either continue to be bad and go down this path or i can become you know uh, or i can take a stance and i can fight against the power that kind of created me and that is yeah. know, working with this corruption so that's i i I guarantee that there's an aspect of what we're saying right now that is true for this show. Okay. So without knowing anything else, I feel like if they didn't pick up on that and use that, it's a big swing and a miss then for them. Yeah. All right. That was my question about that. Okay. Who's next? I wanted to see, uh, were there any particular characters, Melanie, that you loved or hated? Uh, I know there's one you hated. Ringo. There we go. Did not like Ringo. Tell me, tell me why you didn't like Ringo. The note that I have here is Ringo... The skis. So we're introduced to Ringo because he is um, totally negging uh, our, is she a pilot? Uh, presume, I mean, I think she's actually like a science officer, it seems like. Some, some and a pilot. Kind of, I think all of them at this point because Earth forces have been diminished so much. She's like a commanding they wear, Yeah, they something. wear many hats. They wear many hats. Um, I don't even know her name. Star. Star. She is Star. Uh, so yeah, he's negging on Star. He clearly wants, uh, he wants a piece of that. She, at you know, it's interesting. She doesn't want any of that, I don't think. But she really enjoys seeing him kind of go down because he gets like called out by the like by the commander, and that's very satisfying to watch. Uh, but he is just a piece of shit cool guy, and I just I can't stand that. 
was there was this isolated to one particular incident in the episode or did it seem like there were more I was I was really just ticked off by that first moment but then he just it permeated through the rest of the episode Okay understood Yeah he makes this whole comment where he's like he's like we could become the the first Adam and Eve on the new planet and I'm like you're really going to turn this mission into an excuse to fuck a lady get better game bro Get better game. Wow. Wow. Jamal, any particular characters that you loved or that you hated? I'm going to say I hated Ringo. Um, There's nothing more annoying to me than someone who just can't stand up and get out of a chair. (laughs) (laughs) Like, why is that so difficult? Why do we have to be over the top? (laughs) His first thing he did was do a backflip out of his chair into a standing position, and I was like, I hate this person. Like, I would not be friends with the person if I was in high school with them, (laughs) just on how they got out of a chair. Second. So then he started opening his mouth, and I was just more vindicated. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, I'm good. I'm happy I was prejudiced against you, because no one good gets out of a chair the way he got out of a chair. So I hate Ringo. Okay, understood. Uh, That's a three for three on Ringo. I yeah. think kind of a kind of a jerk. I will say I did like the additional character that they had that seemed like she was the comedic throwaway in some cases, but I actually found it kind of endearing and funny. We have the character Tina that's sort of during that first video call with the commander, you see her kind of waving in the background and then she's asked to to leave in front of the camera, but you still see her hand mm-hmm. on the side of it, like waving at everybody that's in the room at Ringo and Star. And then at some point when she is held hostage later, she kind of makes like she sticks her tongue out at like the captor after she elbows him like in the ribs. After she's immediately told, you got to break free. (laughs) Yeah, you got to break free. Oh, man. Yeah, it's a I I think that it was sort of a a nice little moment of levity that I didn't see coming. But I see I I understand where you're coming from with that, but I feel like. It's so it's so jarring with the rest of like the topics that they're dealing with in the show that there's like there's no room for the balance of that. Like you could have just made Tina a dog and just made the dog do stupid things. Like it's on the level of like why does she have words? Besides, like when we saw Tina, um, Tina's like first in on the med bay, right? Right, and she's like looking over. I went and made an assumption that like Tina is the medic among other many other hats that she wears. If she had some kind of like strong, powerful use in the group, I would be like, cool. And she's got this like funny side personality. But I felt like she was just a throwaway character who mm. just was like, kawaii, and then just like mm. leaves. <laughs> kawaii. I, I felt like I'm for doing me. Peace signs. I, yeah, thank you. We got it. <laughs> I, I feel like because the the tone of the show was so dark and because they took themselves almost too seriously at points that those two moments that we've talked about sort of the waving and the like the sticking the tongue out of the captor or just random weird moments that you would see that would be natural reactions from a kid and so it felt i don't know it felt authentic to me uh or at least felt a little bit humorous and i think the tone for me kind of needed a little bit of humor at some point because this this show is very serious in nature there's a lot of things that are going on and we're going to talk a little bit about the the plot and sort of some of the things that we liked. We're obviously not going to go beat by beat down through everything that they have here. 
And for tonight's episode, we actually watched the first episode of Technoman, which is called Friend or Foe. And since we're not gonna go beat by beat, uh, we've come up with a couple questions that we kind of wanted to, to get some answers to. And so I wanted to ask, we'll start with Melanie, uh, what particularly was a, a moment that you had? What was your most memorable moment of this episode? No, I just don't know that I had like one particularly memorable moment. Uh, the last moment I remember, so I'll go to that, that the whatever's the freshest in my mind after watching it, okay. is, um, okay, so Blade Slade, Slade Blade, you know, he wakes up in the med bay and he's going on this whole quest to get a ship and he's trying to convince everybody to give him a fucking ship. We get it. We get it. So he he does this thing where he starts shaking women to try to get a ship. And by that, I mean any female character who stands in his way becomes the obstacle to getting a ship for what reason he won't tell anyone because clearly he's too important to let anybody know in what his plan is. Um so the thing that really pissed me off, which is I guess this is why it rem I remember it, is um, he makes his way down to like where the ships are. And there's a, a female technician who's like in overalls and she's like doing stuff and he, he like grabs her like he's going to choke her out and is like, show me where Bay 3 is. And he's like shaking her and she's like, ah, and then someone tries to come in to save her. So this guy starts to distract him. And she says verbatim, oh, don't hurt him. I don't think he meant any harm. Mm -hmm. I don't think he meant any harm. He was choking you out. You don't think he meant any fucking harm. So when I, when I made the question about was this isolated to Ringo or were there any other moments? Oh, you were that referring were in here? to that. Yeah. So there was okay. a lot of, it felt like there was a lot of tough moments that we had between male characters uh, assaulting female characters that we had that was on the part of Slade, which, you know, we have sort of this this machismo coming from uh, Ringo from Ringo that nobody really needs or wants. And then we sort of have this, I'm going to shake every woman that's in a scene coming from Slade. These were the moments where I was like, uh, I don't know that I, I'm, I'm, I understand sometimes, you know, because uh, these are older cartoons you know, that there's there's moments and there's content that in there that do not age well. Uh, but I'm going to be honest with you. Shaking a woman for, for information should never age well in anything, especially given the fact that there are so many other members. Like, shake Ringo. That guy deserves to be oh, yeah. shaken. Yeah. I wish he just choked him out at the beginning of the show so we never have to fucking see him again. That's one one toxic male person down in that show. So then you just Bye. have the even more aggressive one walking around the ship. Yeah, that's fine. I'm good with just what one. What the fuck? You can't trade. That's like saying like I'm gonna get rid of fire for a, a like I'm gonna get rid of burning for like a a gunshot. Um, what? I'm not sure that tracks. I know that tracks. <laughs> but really let good me, try. Let me try that again. Okay, one more time. That's like trading one evil for another. It is like trading one evil for another, but at least you'd have only one evil and not two. Oh, mm, yeah. Which does make it easier to focus in on. Because, again, coming back to the problem I have with the show, it's lack of focus. So, mm -hmm. anyway, but lack of focus and, uh, you know, battering women. Just so, those were the memorable moments those, that you had. Well, that and um, I think you, you want to start with this, but I don't know if we're going to go beat by beat. Darkon's tactic of taking over Earth is to create purple broccoli takeover. He puts the purple broccoli pods 
uh, on on the planet, and they're they're trying to figure out. We have Ringo and we have Star who are attempting to to find out exactly why these are on the planet, what the what the value is to the actual yeah uh, to the Venomoids. They they don't know that they're called Venomoids now at this point, right? Which and is was very confusing. No, actually, that made that made complete sense for oh, me. I didn't get that. Um, you know, they just called them alien invaders, which is what they were. Like mm-hmm. they weren't aware of what the branding was for these guys. They didn't know that they were Venomoids. So it was it was actually nice and to see that as opposed to a lot of cartoons that we have, which people are just like, oh yeah, that title that I haven't heard you say yet, and now I just assume and now that I've it's heard you. It. It's like, oh boy, like gotta get some better writers in this room. <laughs> Glad to see that at least for the dubbing in this, that like it, it paid off and kind of rang true with everything. So I was happy to see that moment, but you know, it's uh they're they're in the process of figuring out whether or not it's like a food source or a power supply, and so they don't know what these giant kind of purple broccoli orbs are that are kind of like farting and emitting like gas all over the planet. Jamal, mm-hmm. notable moments for you. So while I was present for the moment that Miss um, Melanie Harker just described, I noted a different moment as my most memorable. That's fair. And it's not <laughs> amazing, <laughs> but it's what I remember. The moment in the battle when the spears, when I, when I learned that the spears could go on their own and fight mm. on their own and like sliced uh, one of the, what's it called, the Veminoids? Ven- you mean the spider crabs? Yes, spider from the crabs. Spider, crabs spider crabs in four. Spider I was crab. like, oh, that's a pretty good tactic. These things can go fight on itself while he's still fighting someone else. Yeah, Watching this neat. all together in the same room at the same time was enjoyable too because I know Jamal and I definitely both went, oh. Like when we saw the spears yeah. kind of break apart, we were like, "Oh fuck, that's cool." Yeah, I want that. Yeah, yeah that's, that's like that's like next level Captain America shield situation. Yeah, yeah. imagine that shield cool. could like mirror itself. Yeah. Oh yeah, that yeah. is so cool. And then snap back onto it. Snap back on. Oh, and that was actually the most memorable scene for me too. Was that fight, that original fight between Dagger and uh, and Slade mm-hmm. or Techno Man. I thought that that was really enjoyable just to kind of see some of the powers. Mm-hmm. Sort of sometimes if you play a video game and you start the game with like all the powers that your character has possible and you're and it's awesome and you're really enjoying it and then But you don't really know how to use them yet. Exactly. And then through the course of the story very early on like you have those powers stripped, you have mm-hmm. to build them back up over the course of it and you learn then how mm-hmm. to use them. So that was kind of cool to see sort of what the extent of what they were what they were working with was. We've obviously talked about that there are a lot of different themes, ideas, tropes that are in this show. We have Fish Out of Water, the Amnesia Story, Sci-Fi Space Battle, Earth Invasion, Post-Apocalypse, Human Survival. These are all different things that they have here. If you were to continue watching Technoman, which of these tropes, ideas, themes would you want the show to continue uh, with more emphasis, Melanie? Any one of them. Oh boy. Just one. Um, what would be one that would be valuable or would hook you in to watch the show? Probably. So I'm I'm kind of torn. Like I kind of want to understand more what the the lore is around like the creation, like how techno men are created, since clearly he's not the only techno man. So sort of origin story. I would love to hear more of an origin story of that. Um, just to sort of learn where he's come from because it would be cool to be like learning more about where you come from can inform how you defeat the 
bad guys. Like I love, I like stories like that. I think those are pretty captivating. Um, you know, I, I would like, I'm fresh off of Voltron, which I feel like has made me feel the most, um, what's the word? Uh, not patriotic, uh, nationalistic, <laughs> like has made me feel like a lot of pride for the human race. And so there's a lot of, uh, which is like a hard thing I think to do because it's very disconnecting. But, um, I, I would think that focusing on the trope of like the end, you know, nearing the end of the human race because of this apocalyptic event and like fighting for the integrity of the species, like that's pretty, that's always works pretty well. So focusing on that would probably be good. Gotcha. So. Okay, great. Jamal, same question. If we were to continue down one of these themes, tropes, ideas, which one would you want the show to concentrate? Sci-fi space battle. There we go. Please give yeah. me more action, yep. please. I want to see uh, Techno Man fighting more. Yep. I want to see what this suit can do. Yep. And all these skills. Let's max out those powers. Let's get this over nine thousand. I want to see what that is. But also, when we see more of his fighting ability, can he become a better person? Yeah, I need. We need that. We need some. Yeah. Can he become a better there? person while he's? learning to harness these powers. I think it's hard because, you know, it's it's one of those things that they're trying to maybe show or convey sort of the emotion and, and the confusion from the fish out of water slash amnesia story for this by like the shaking and the, the frantic kind of insane energy that that character has. Uh, yeah, I'd love to see that kind of dial yeah. back a little bit, you know, and I feel like once he knows and kind of trusts some of these people, but I mean, let's be honest, there is the hypothetical that this is a bad guy yeah. who's defected to become good. So, like, do you 100% ever trust him? Yeah. It's also, we don't know in future episodes, he may come back and be like, hey, Space Bay mechanic, I just want to say, when I was running through here looking for a, <laughs> a ship, I was inappropriately grabbing you, and that was inappropriate. Like, yeah. there could be apology an ep uh, apology episode. We have no idea about it. It would take up a whole 25 minutes. Yeah, it would. So. It's weird because when they dialed back those seven episodes from the Japanese to the American and they cut a bunch, that's the episodes that they cut. <laughs> <laughs> the apology episodes. God damn it. Seven apology episodes just scrapped on the floor. American audiences were like, we don't apologize. <clears throat> so many animes get ruined because they remove their apology arcs. It's and uh, it's just... It's a shame. It's hard because One Piece is what? It's like 13 arcs now of just mm -hmm. apology. Yeah, it's, it's apologizing. It's pretty much just Luffy telling everyone how much he loves them and then apologizing for not being good enough. Yeah. I mean, that is the whole That's, series. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I wasn't kidding. Yeah. It's basically like, sorry, team. I have to stay here and do this. I let you down. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's uh, a lot of that. I'm going to go with Jamal and say I'd love to see more of the space battle aspect of this. I think that that's the most interesting. The suits, the powers, everything. What I also want to know kind of goes back to what Melanie was saying about the origin story. I don't want the Techno Man. I want the Darkon origin story. Mm, yeah. He was evidently discovered outside of Saturn mm. is oh. where sort of his original like base or operations. Or Kicking where rocks on the rings. Exactly. I <laughs> you know. <laughs> Moonwalking. Just kicking rocks out there. Oh, my God. I, I kind of want that. No one will play with me. <laughs> I almost want that origin story to find out how he becomes evil, like what that evil is, like what, you know, was he born evil? Was there a crystal that like shattered and he became a thing that was pure evil? Essence? Was he an original techno man run amok? Yeah. Oh. So I think there's a lot that they could play with there that would be really rewarding and satisfying for me. All right. I just really like space magic. I <laughs> just like space magic. Yeah. Space magic is a great, is a great idea. I love, I love seeing it. 
We're now at the point where I'm going to do a couple hot take questions for the both of you. Mm. Okay. All right, here we go. You ready for this? I'm ready. All right, Mel, we're going to start with you. All right. You wake up in a med bay. Your first reaction to waking up in this unknown place. Go. I need a peanut butter sandwich. Where's the bathroom? Got it. Jamal. How many other black people are on this place? There <laughs> <laughs> was. That's my first no. thought. I wake up, I'm like... Am I the only black person here? This is not a very diverse show. Let's let's state that. <laughs> no, is, not. These are all white people so far. So that's that's my first thought. And Understood. robot aliens. Great. Second question: If we could localize your name, as localization has happened from a Japanese to an American audience, if we could do the reverse and go from an American to a Japanese audience, what would we localize your name in this series, your birth name, to for a Japanese audience? Melanie, go. Definitely Nene. Nene. Mm-hmm. Jakayoshi Nagato. <laughs> Jakayoshi. I almost want to know where that came from. Uh, well, my name's Jamal Newman, and there's too many soft consonants in that name, so it needs hard consonants. Hard consonants. Jakayoshi Nagato. I like Nagato. Yeah. I would just go with, I think, Shinji. Mm. I think I would just... Oh, Shinji. I like that. Mm. Yeah, you like that? That's it is. Cool. Shinji. Yeah. Uh, shout out to everybody who's watched Evangelion and also to Tony who hates that show. <laughs> so <laughs> thanks, gang. Uh, those are my two hot take questions. Anything else that wasn't answered for you? Anything, any final questions that you have about this episode before we get into, our, before we actually turn this over to Bobby for some user reviews and then get into our reviews? I have a hot take for you, Sean. Go ahead. Ooh. What's up? Jamal, you're welcome to participate if you so Thank choose. Thank God. Thank God. What terrifying bug-animal combo would you be afraid to fight in an alternate version of this show? So we've got spider crabs in this show. What alternate bug-animal combo? Uh, would snake, be... snake dog. No, the bug, bug-animal. Oh, uh, God damn it, Sean. Sp- spider dog. Fuck, that's boring. Fine. All right, Jamal. Why is that fucking boring? Because here we have spider crabs. You need a different kind of thing. I am legitimately scared of spiders. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> centipede jellyfish. Oh, fuck. That's scary. <laughs> what the fuck is- oh, that's, oh, my that's a, that's a God. Good one. God damn it. Like yeah. a centipede, but its arms are super long. Oh my god! Yeah. Like a man of war style. Yeah, yeah I was and gonna like say. Reach like, you from like, like across the earth, basically. Oh. Centipede jellyfish. Yeah, that's scary. Uh, what about? Uh, <clears throat> let's go with this uh, scorpion rhino. That also does sound scary because like, with the horn. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's very. It's scary. also got so a lot of plating on it. Exactly. So it's like big, tough, big bruiser, but then at the same time, it's got like a pincher on mm-hmm. the back of it, and it's got. And the rhino has scorpion legs. Mm. That's, I think it's the legs. It's the legs for spiders. Mm. Any insect like that freaks me the shit out. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So Don't what centipede it. does for me. Really? One of those silver fish. Yeah. Oh, God. Those things are creepy. Oh, yeah. I hate those too. Did you know that those things eat dust in spiders? Silverfish? No. Yeah. Oh. They don't attack humans, but they do eat spiders and dust. That's nice of them. It's a healthy, healthy diet. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's. Dust is mostly us, so yeah. It's a little gross. That's hey, cool. basically what I ate in undergrad. Dust. <laughs> is people. Dust, dust and spiders. Dust and spiders. Yeah, I was about to say, did you submit to cannibalism? <laughs> <laughs> dust is us. Dust oh, is us. Oh gosh. Hey, everybody, <laughs> listening. 
<laughs> Turns out you have opinions about this show. Surprisingly enough, you don't have any opinions that you've put on IMDb. So we actually had to go over to Amazon to be able to get user reviews for this. And to read them, we're going to turn this over to longtime friend and listener of the show, Bobby Anthem, for this week's Love It or Hate It. Bobby, take it away. This week's Love It is titled Great Anime to Own by Sean D. Canova in March 2010. This one was edited to add punctuation because Mr. Canova must have known that I would be reading this nine years after he wrote it, and he wanted to make it as difficult for me as possible. He wrote, This truly is a great anime to add to your collection. It came out a few years ago, but the storyline is really great. It starts out with action, then as it moves on, tells a story within a story. It all blends in well. You won't be disappointed. Great cast of voices. The anime sound effects were great. For the price and how long the collection is, it's worth it. If you truly are into long anime collections, want something different, this is the one for you. I got it because it was really long and cheap, but it turned out to be a great add-on to my anime collection. Five out of five stars. And our hated is more of a hate the quality of the video, but not so much the actual show. The review is titled, Great Price, Decent Anime, by Reynolds, Reynolds, I don't know, in November 2009. It says, saw this show on TV back when I was 10. As far as I remember, it never completed an entire U.S. run. So I was blown away to find out it was on DVD. The show is great. The animation has areas where it drops in quality, as in because of the animators, but not the DVD encoding. And there was an episode where the dialogue got too quiet, but it's an early anime to DVD, so not a big deal in my opinion. Just to note, this is the international English dub, not the TV dub. So those like me who saw it when they were kids may notice some dialogue changes. Four out of five stars. I love the fact that for all of this, a lot of people on Amazon's main complaint is that I bought a DVD <laughs> and that a bunch of the DVDs didn't work. Yeah. Yeah. I feel bad. I feel bad. Like that's not a, it's not a fun thing. Yeah. It's not a fun thing. I get it. You love something, you buy a thing, you want to watch You want to see it. It's frustrating. Very frustrating. So I empathize. What I want to understand and hopefully try to empathize with is our reviews of this show. And so I think that we have, uh, I think that we have some big bold opinions coming up here. And so, uh, as always, going to turn this over to everybody. Do you recommend the show? Do or do you not recommend the show, and why? And if you don't recommend the show, you can go one step further, and you can give this the dip, which makes Doug Kendall cry. Oh, I didn't know that was a. Oh yeah, February has a new has a new caveat. Wow. Yeah. I don't know if this is going to make Doug cry or not, but remind uh, me what the dip is again. It's the Roger Rabbit style dip. All right, so where it's, it, it purged forever. You erase mm-hmm. it. You <coughs> you erase it from the annals of cartoon history. I'd prefer to erase it. <laughs> Damn it! All right, rage quit it. Uh, Melanie, yes. Recommend or not recommend? I would not recommend this show. I think it's too all over the place. Pretty boring. I mean, and and this is maybe unfair because we just watched the first episode, but I don't want to watch the rest of them. I don't have that like lingering curiosity for bad anime like some people might have. So I would not recommend it 
personally. Okay. Great. Thank you. Which is what I'm here to do. <clears throat> well. Give up my personal opinions. But All right. There you go. And you did. I Jam- did. I'm Jamal, done. your personal opinions. Um, the Super Bowl is coming up, so I hope you got your guacamole ready because I'm dipping it. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> um, I'm dipping this episode. Wow. This wow. show, I want it to be erased forever. Um, as much as I want to see more space fighting, yeah. I can go see that in Gundam, and it's done better. <laughs> so wow, I really thought you were gonna be one of those the the, <clears throat> the, the lingering curiosity. Nope, nope, nope. Wow. I really do like. I want to see more of the space fighting, and I I don't believe the characters get better. So I'm like, I would just go watch Gundam if that's what I'm here for. Okay. Yeah, All based right. on Doug's kind of take of the show, it sounds like it just gets more frantic mm-hmm. with like more dramatic stuff. So. Yeah, no, not no, into it. No thanks. I, w- I, I would not go as far as dip it, So, I, but I respect your opinion, Jamal. Well, I'm dipping it. Okay, understood. This is going to be all over the board because I'm actually going to recommend the show. Good oh God. My. See, that's, Jesus. I knew one of the, the two. The, uh, okay. All right, well, here's my personal did we, opinion. Did we watch the same thing? <laughs> Sean's no. personal opinion is I'm going to go up to bed tonight and I'm going to watch this on the iPad until there's no more episodes left. <laughs> Jeez Louise. <laughs> Just to fucking torture himself. <clears throat> But I'm sorry. What is your what is your uh, what's your explanation, Sean? No, I uh, there were a lot of moments that I did enjoy, and sort of the the I'm really the counterpoint to Jamal on this is that I would like to watch this to kind of see some of those space battles and see exactly what happens. I'm curious if we get origin stories about any of the things that have happened, either for the good guys and the bad guys. This would be something that if I was able to find this on a good reliable streaming service. I would probably just have this on in the background as something, you know, either when I'm making breakfast in the morning or like while I'm at work, I I would kind of plow through, you know, these 43 or 50 episodes, depending on where I found the the sub or the dub. So I I think I would keep this on. I think it's interesting enough. And I, I almost like the fact that this is too jam packed with tropes, ideas and things that are going on. Like, I wonder if some point, and I'm curious to see storytelling wise, if they pare it down, if they focus on specific aspects of what's there. And so I also always love sort of the the post-apocalyptic human reclamation, like rebuilding, uh, getting things up and running uh, stories. And so that that's something that's always intriguing or of interest to me. So that being said, we've got one not recommend, one recommend, and one dip. So thank you, Doug, for submitting Technoman. This has been our review for this. Again, if you were thinking to yourself, I would like to have a cartoon that I loved, that I used to watch, reviewed for this show, you can always go on and you can dial 202-681-4406. These are all going to be in the show notes, so don't worry about catching and writing it down. Also, why are you holding paper while you're listening to this episode at the same time too? Unnecessary. Don't worry about it. We got your back. You can always submit a cartoon and you can put that in there. Right now, I want to thank Melanie and Jamal for both coming on the show, for talking about Technoman with me tonight. Melanie, anything that you would like to plug anywhere that the good people listening can find you online? No plugs. I'm boring. So just <laughs> find me on Twitter at Melanie Gwynn, G-W-Y-N-N-E. Same on the Instagram. Great. Thank you. Jamal, thank you. Anything that you would like to plug anywhere that the good folks can find you online? Um... Yes, uh, let me uh, promote uh, the all-black improv team in Washington, D.C. called Lena Dunham. Um, we perform at the Washington Improv Theater. You can catch us in February and March at Source Theater. 
Um, you can uh, check out my website, www.jamalnewman.com. Uh, you can catch me online at Hello Newman. The O is a zero. Awesome. You heard him on this episode, our friend Bobby Anthem. You can hear him on his paranormal podcast, Inhuman Experience. You can find them on Twitter at IEXP underscore podcast. You can find them on Spreaker and SoundCloud as well as also Apple Podcasts. He's also an occasional third co-host on the THT Movie Review Podcast, which broadcasts every Saturday night at 11.30 Eastern Standard on Mixler. You can also find him on Twitter at Bobby Anthem. Send him a message. He is simply the best. So thank you, Bobby. As for me, I perform live improv comedy with a group that's called Knox. That's N-O-X exclamation point. We perform also with Washington Improv Theater. You can find tickets and times with DC.org. I'm also on Twitter and Instagram at Sean Paul Ellis. Want to support us, this show, Saturday Morning Cartoons? You can tell a friend, review us on Apple iTunes. Boring, super helps us though. Slide into our DMs on Twitter, at MorningTunes. Remember, that is morning with a U. You can check us out on Instagram and Facebook, at Saturday Morning Cartoons. Drop us an old-fashioned email, SaturdayMorningCartoons at gmail.com. You can find all of this, you can find all of these links and information on our link tree that is in the bio for all of our social media that we have that's out there. And you can always listen to us on YouTube, Apple Podcasts and iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, maybe iHeartRadio by the time this episode comes out. We were were just submitted. You can also find us wherever fine podcasts are sold. Thank you guys so much for listening. And we are going to be back in two weeks with, yes, another Doug Kendall submission. And we're going to be watching bubblegum crisis we'll see you soon hey everybody thanks a lot for listening to saturday morning cartoons now if you'll excuse me i have to transform and roll out